Hello and welcome to the Hormonal Mama podcast. I am your host, Kara Drescher. Today on the show, I am interviewing myself. So it may be a little bit strange to you. Why would this lady interview herself? But I promise there's a reason behind it. I have been so moved by so many of these amazing women that I have been interviewing over the past few months that I got to thinking, what if I ask myself the questions that I ask them and make them sit through? So that's what I'm doing today, putting myself in the hot seat and answering the tough questions to get to the bottom of what I do, what it means, and some of the silly things about me as well. So let's dive in and listen to me talking to myself. Welcome to the show, Kara. I am so happy to have you here. Well, thank you, myself. (laughs) No, I'm not going to do my whole interview like that. Don't worry. Um, But I thought that'd be a fun way to sort of introduce this unique approach to an interview. So one of the most common things that I like to ask my guests is what exactly it is that they do. What does their title mean? What is their business about, essentially? So that is going to be my first question for myself. And that question is, what in the world is an infertility coach? Okay, so to answer this question, let me explain a little bit about what an infertility coach is, at least for me, and what it means for me. So my job as an infertility coach trained in holistic health and integrative wellness, my job is to help you take care of yourself so that you're not feeling so overwhelmed by all of the craziness of infertility. So for those of you who have gone through infertility, you might either remember or are currently feeling a lot of overwhelming emotions. It's like a roller coaster ride. At least it was for me. And I'll get into that in a minute, but that's a huge part of why I do what I do. Infertility it just, it takes a toll. There's overwhelm in every aspect. Emotionally overwhelming, mentally overwhelming, physically overwhelming, spiritually overwhelming. I know a lot of women, including myself, questioned our core beliefs during infertility, the things that we believe, that we value, that drive us as people. I questioned that so much during infertility. My body felt like it was failing me and that was affecting me in a physical way. And it was affecting me in a very, very deep emotional and mental way. My head felt like it was spinning every single day. That is what I do as an infertility coach is help you figure out how to relieve some of that. I can't take it away for you. And in a lot of cases, you can't really take it away from yourself. But what you can do is learn how to handle it. Learn how to put it in its place and say, you're not going to control me. You're not going to control my entire life. And that, my friends, is exactly why I do what I do. Because when I went through infertility, 
and I had that experience, I felt like every single aspect of my life was not under my control. It was under the control of infertility. If you've never gone through infertility, this might sound really confusing. It might sound dramatic. It might sound like, you know, I don't know, a million different things. But I assure you, it it is a dramatic situation in your life, but reacting in such a way is not a dramatic reaction. It does feel like your entire life relies on whatever's happening in your fertility journey. It feels like the whole world is laughing at you and you just keep getting kicked in the gut and everyone keeps laughing that you're getting kicked in the gut. Again, that's at least what it felt like for me. So my job as an infertility coach is to help you with that, to help you get to a place in your life where you can just whip that lasso around infertility and say, I got you in check. You will not control my whole life. That might be a weird analogy, but I like the thought of a lasso whipping around and grabbing the word infertility and throwing it to the ground. Maybe not throwing it to the ground, but saying, ah, I'm in charge, jerk. Okay. I got a little worked up there, but that's what I do. I get worked up. Anyway, so for me, that is what an infertility coach is. Now, one of my most common questions that I like to ask my guests is, how did you get into this? Like, why do you do this work? And the truth is, I, I've sort of answered that. You know, I personally went through a very lengthy infertility journey. I've been very open about it. And it affected me deeply, deeply, so deep into my soul that there came a point where I just knew I don't want other women to feel this way. I don't want other women to question their sanity all the time, to become so obsessed with this situation that's affecting your life that you just aren't able to function like you once could. I didn't want other women to experience that pain. So that's part of why I do what I do. But there's more to it. Um, at the end of my infertility journey, I became pregnant and I became pregnant with triplets. And it was the biggest shock of my entire life. That is 100% for sure. But the next biggest shock of my life was losing one of my babies on Christmas Eve when I was nine weeks pregnant. And that still affects me. I'm not sure I ever grieved that sweet baby. But the point is that going through that and then going through a pregnancy and then having complications at the end with preeclampsia and intrauterine growth restriction and premature babies and twins at that, which make, you know, everything high risk. I had a very complex pregnancy and going through my pregnancy didn't take away from my experience with infertility. Same in my postpartum journey. I gave birth to my kids when they were in the womb for seven months. So they were early and they spent the first month of their lives living in a hospital in the NICU. And I spent the first month of their lives going to the hospital every single day and feeling like I was losing my mind and only being able to be there for a certain amount of time before I had to come home and get some sleep and trying to pump and trying to do this and then finding out that I had low breast milk supply and that there are all these problems. It was rough, but the thing that 
really made me feel like I needed to help women through infertility was that I wanted to help women through pregnancy and through the postpartum journey. But the women going through infertility are the ones that I can relate to most, right? Because I went through infertility. I went through three years, 14 fertility treatment cycles. I talk about this all the time. That is a lot on a person. That is a lot on a person mentally and physically. It is heavy, heaviness to carry around with you. And the emotions that I felt are just emotions I don't wish on anyone. I just don't. It is not fair to go through this journey. And so there came a point for me when my kids were about a year old where I decided I need to make a difference. I have to do something to help other women dealing with these three really crazy, complicated, insane, if you will, periods in life. Now, right now, I focus, I'm focus. i focusing on infertility because I'm putting some really exciting stuff together. Now, you may ask, or I would ask me if I was, you know, the host, which I am, and I am the guest. So really, I can just ask myself, right? So my next question here would probably be, okay, so you went through this personally. Do you have any other professional experience surrounding this? I mean, I might not say it in that really condescending tone that I just had, but that would be a good question. And in my case, my answer is, well, yeah, because for the past 19 years, I've been a licensed massage therapist. And for the past 18 years, I've been a licensed esthetician. Okay, well, what does that have to do with hormonal shifts and, and life changes like infertility and pregnancy and the postpartum period? Well, the answer there is because I have been trained in fertility massage, prenatal massage, and postpartum massage for about 12 years. Now, I also teach continuing education to massage therapists. And one of my main courses, well, I have two. I have a basic intro to prenatal massage and I have an advanced prenatal massage course. And it's cool because I've had so many years working with women in these areas, if you will, this, these phases in life might be a better way to word it. And because I've worked with so many and I've studied so much surrounding reproduction in every capacity prior to, during, and after pregnancy, and then the complications of infertility and all of the complications among all of them, that it kind of gave me an interesting, I think, an interesting approach to how I coach clients because I can help them with more than well, I mean, not that it's nothing because it's a lot, you know, working with setting some goals for themselves, changing their mindset, going in a different direction, putting it all together, eating better, giving your body, you know, exercise. And I'm not talking about, you know, running a 5K or doing Ironman or or going to, um, what's that called? Oh gosh, I can't think of that exercise. P90 or CrossFit. You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just moving, getting your body moving so that your blood is pumping so that you are as healthy as you can be. I'm not telling you you need to lose weight. 
I'm not telling you that you need to put on weight. I'm telling you that your body is unique. And whatever you're going through with infertility or pregnancy or postpartum or really any other time in life is unique to you. And so what you do for your body, how you treat your body is not going to be the same as how someone else does it, even if you're going through the same thing. So what I mean by that is, let's say you and someone you know are both going through a twin pregnancy. Are you guys going to eat the exact same foods? Are you going to do the same exact workouts? Well, some things might be the same, but you're not going to have the exact same thing every single day. That is part of why, again, why I do what I do, because it's important to me to personalize everything. You can't all, everybody can't have the exact same path. It doesn't work that way. So for me, having the experience both professionally and personally really gives me an opportunity to look at myself, but all the other clients that I've seen over the years and understand that everybody's going through something different. I mean, it might all be under the same heading, but it's all different for each of us. So that is sort of a little bit about why I do what I do and and what it means to me to be a coach. You know, what, what the kind of coach that I am is I'm there for you. I am there to support you through this journey and help guide you. I'm not there to tell you this is what you need to do. That's what you need to do. If you do this, this will happen. If you do that, that'll happen. That's not what I do. What I do is I help guide you through your life during this particular journey in the healthiest way possible. It's that simple. And I love doing it. I love every aspect of what I do. Because if I can help someone feel a little less overwhelmed, I've done my job. And that's what's important to me. So, ah, wow, that was really exciting. I I really feel passionate about what I do. I'm like so excited. My blood's pumping right now. Hopefully my guests usually feel this way on my on my show, (laughs) but who knows? Um, Let me see. There are other questions that I normally would ask. How has the pandemic affected my work? That's a great question. The pandemic has affected everything. Why? Well, in my case, I don't know that I would have started a new business if it wasn't for the pandemic. Now, this pandemic is horrible. Don't get me wrong. Way too many people have died in the world from this disease. And it's devastating. And I wouldn't ever want to go through this again. If I could go back in time, I would love to live in a world where this pandemic didn't happen, but it did happen and it's still happening. I wouldn't have started this business because I wouldn't have been at home every day and had so much time to think about all of the things I was going through. I say that because before starting the Hormonal Mama, I had a little wellness studio And I saw massage clients and skincare clients, and I gave massages and facials, and I waxed people's eyebrows. And it was wonderful, and I loved it. And I loved it because I was working, I was working with different people, but I was working with a lot of women who were going through these changes. And it, you know, I still think about that business and how much I loved that business, but life changed. The pandemic took that business away from me. But it also gave me this new opportunity and opened my eyes to a world where I really could make a difference for women going through something that is so near and dear to my heart. So yes, the pandemic 
has affected everything. The pandemic kept me at home, unable to go to work, home with my little sweethearts, my kids. And in the end, I started a business, a business that, you know, I can only work on when they're <laughs> when they're sleeping. So either nap time or bedtime. And that's when mommy works. But that's life. You do what you're passionate about. So anyway, I'm getting carried away as I usually do. But yes, the pandemic has had a huge impact on my work. And for me, it's been, I guess, in a good way. So yeah. Another question I like to ask is how do you balance your life and your work? Now, I just kind of answered that. <laughs> it's a difficult balance for me. You know, my kids are two years old, which is insane. And two-year-olds are a lot, especially when you have two of them and you have a boy and a girl and all they want to do is yell mama in your face and jump on you and sometimes kick you right in the uterus while you have your period. But that's a different story for another day. The point is, I'm a stay-at-home mom and I'm also a full-time business owner. And that is a lot. And a podcast host, let's not forget that. It's a lot. But I balance it because I do this for them. I am a very motivated, ambitious person. I always have been. And having my children has made me even more motivated and ambitious. I want to set an example for them that shows them that if you're passionate about something, keep at it. Keep at it. It might be your life's purpose. I know how deep that sounds, and it, it should sound deep because it's a deep thought. Not by Jack Handy. As soon as I said that, anyone who knows SNL, Saturday Night Live from the 90s, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, Phil Hartman. <laughs> anyway, not the point. I got sidetracked again. But um, it's an interesting and difficult balance. It really, really is. But it's so worth it. I feel so strongly about what I do, wanting to help women and really wanting to help them through this difficulty. That is what I'm passionate about. So it, it's it's a balance. I work when the kids are sleeping. Occasionally, I might get some work done when they're awake. My husband is the greatest thing on earth and he supports me any way possible. So, you know, if, if I'm interviewing someone, but the kids aren't asleep, well, guess what? mommy is going to do an interview and daddy's going to hang out with the kids. So it, it works really well. Um, I always, you know, after at this point in my conversation with my guests, I like to switch gears and I have three questions that I ask all of my guests. If you haven't heard these questions, it's just because we either didn't get a chance to get to them or, you know, for whatever reason, we took it out of the interview. But my standard questions, I'll start with my first one, which is, who are the three most influential people in your life? And this, for me, is a tough one. It, it's, it's, it's tough, but um, in no particular order, I would say my grandmother, my grandma Hertha, who I was very, very close with, and unfortunately, she passed away uh, at the end of 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic. Um, but she has always been a huge influence on me simply because of who she was. She was a Holocaust survivor. She was a strong woman, mother of four. She lost her husband to a heart attack in her 70s. And she 
had this huge loving family and the thing for me that makes her so influential is that she was an artist she painted and she painted roses and i don't have that talent i'm not a painter for those of you who know me well you know that i am an artist and i have two passions when it comes to art i like to sew and i particularly like designing really funky unique wallets for women using antique and vintage upholstery fabrics and other random fabrics that I find. And that's my one art. That's my craft art, if you will. And then my other art is sculpture. I love sculpture. I am not an artist in the way that is traditional, I guess. I'm not a painter. My sister is a painter, an extremely talented painter, but I am not. But something about her ability to see this beautiful flower and be able to recreate it on paper was always just mesmerizing to me. And that influenced me to use my own hands to create art from when I was very, very little. I always wanted to be an artist when I was little. So my grandma Hertha was a huge influence on me in both a creative way and a personal way. I loved her very, very much. I still do. And I think about her every day. And she was an amazing grandmother. And I just, I just love her so very much. Um, I would say another most influential person would be my mom. You know, my mom has always been supportive and she's always been, you know, she's the other artistic gene that I got. This is, you know, my mom's grand, my mom's mother that I was talking about. And you know, it, it was always really interesting to me to watch my mom at work. My mom was a teacher and I went to middle school where she taught art and I was a student of hers in two different classes in the same day. Yes, I said all of that and it is all true. And it was weird, but it was also very inspiring to me to see how my mom handled having me as a student and not treating me any differently than any of the other students and respecting that for both of our sakes, I needed to be treated like every other student. And that to me was a really big lesson in life that, you know, you can love this person and still, you know, be respectful. In this case, it was difficult because she was a teacher. But it, there was just something really cool about that when I was a kid and seeing that she was able to do that. Um, I would say my husband, my wonderful husband, Dave, is my my third most influential person in my life. I fell in love with Dave. Oh, gosh, it was probably on our first date. I don't know. I think I was in love with him before that because we knew each other before that. We were friends before our first date. And... He has had a huge influence on me for the past 11 years that we have been together. He is, it's hard to explain. He's passionate about a lot of things in life. He is so passionate about being a teacher and being a great teacher and relating to the kids that he teaches. And he is so passionate about sports and not just watching sports, playing sports. We are no longer children. We are in our 40s. And my husband is still out there playing softball. He tries to play football when he can. I mean, 
neither of these things are, are activities, if you will, <laughs> that interest me all that much. But I go to as many softball games that he has as I possibly can because he's so passionate about it and he's serious about it, but he doesn't take it too seriously. And it's just very inspiring. So in a lot of ways, my husband has been a huge influence on me just in his outlook of the world. He's made me a better person, but because he's in my life and that in itself is pretty amazing. Anyway, getting a little carried away. I can feel the the tears in my eyes here getting misty. Um, I always ask my my guests the next question, which is similar. Who are three people, if you could have lunch, dinner, drinks, walk on the beach, walk in the park, just sit down and talk to whatever, whatever it is, three people that you would invite to this gathering. And they don't have to be dead or they don't have to be alive. They can be either. That sounds weird. Normally I would say dead or alive, fictional or real, related to you or not. Um, and they don't have to be human. They don't. They can be, you know, animated or or puppets or muppets or whatever. Okay. So three people that I would invite to this party and why. I would invite my great grandfather. And that is my grandma Hertha's father. I never met him. He died when my mom was 10, but I've heard a lot about him in my life. And every single thing I've ever heard about this man has been powerful because he was such a lovely person. He was loving. He was caring. He did everything in his power to protect those that he loved and, and make them happy and do wonderful things for them. And it's pretty cool because on top of that, he owned a textile factory and I'm obsessed with textiles. Fabrics are something I am completely obsessed with. And I think that I would just invite him to this party to sit down and just get to know him. Even if we had just a short time, just the opportunity to get to know him I think would be pretty, pretty awesome. Um, I think my second is a tough one. There, there. This is a tough question. As I'm thinking about it, I'm like, hmm, I don't know. There are a lot of people and creatures that that I'd really, really like to interview. And I have a really interesting one that I think only children of the '80s would understand. But I would interview Jen from the dark crystal and why I would interview him is because he had such an interesting story. And, you know, the dark crystal is one of my all time favorite movies. It's very dark, but very good. And I, I would really love to interview him and just learn about his life and just talk to him. I mean, I can picture his voice in my head and I realize that's a really weird one, but I always say they don't have to be real and they don't have to be people. And Jen wasn't really a person. So if you've ever seen the dark crystal, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you've never seen the dark crystal, I recommend you check it out, especially if you like eighties movies and eighties special effects and Jim Henson. I mean, come on. Are you even human if you don't like Jim Henson? I'm just saying huge fan over here. Um, and this one is going to be very strange. And those who know me really well, probably won't think it's that strange, but it's not a person or 
or uh, an animation. It's an insect. And that is a dragonfly. I would love to interview a dragonfly. I I love dragonflies. They're beautiful creatures. I'm fascinated by them. If you watch any of my videos, you might see a little dragonfly in the background. It's a, an ornament that my in-laws got me um, that I love. And the colors are beautiful and it's just great. But I would. I would interview, not interview, I would have a dragonfly at this gathering and just ask them what their life is like. I don't want to know what you know other bugs that they eat taste like or anything like that. But I want to know what it's like to fly with those wings and just be so beautiful. I know that's a weird one, but alas, kind of a strange person. So anyway, um, and then really my last question that I ask my guests is, do you have a nickname? And I like this question. This is really fun for me. I have a lot of nicknames. My main nickname is, uh, well, I have a few, but my main one is Care, which is short for Kara and Caribou because, well, my name is Kara, <laughs> and Kara B. And if anyone's wondering why I call myself Kara B when my last name does not start with a B, it is very simple. My name is Kara Drescher with a D like David, but my maiden name is Kara Bendler with B like boy. I am now Kara B Drescher. So my middle or my middle initial is my middle name, and that is my maiden name. So a lot of people still call me Caribbee. A lot of people called me Caribbee when I was a kid. My mom would say Caribbee when she wanted to get my attention if I wasn't, you know, being good, if I was being bad, if you will. Um, and it's kind of stuck with me. It's just kind of the nickname that stuck the most. So between Car, Caribou, and Caribbee, I mean, those are my nicknames. <laughs> I've got others. My husband calls me Honey, Honey Bear, Honey Pants. Uh, yeah, we've got a whole bunch of nicknames for each other. But that's really it. Nobody calls me. Well, that's not true. One of my husband's closest friends calls me Ashley because that is my middle name. And he also calls me ABCD because my initials technically are C-A-B-D. And that one's just my favorite because what? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And I think it's hilarious. So there you have it. Those are my nicknames. And this was my interview. I hope that you learned some more about me. If you have more questions for me, please send in a question. I would love to answer it. I am always all about answering questions. Questions are, are so much fun. So yeah, ask me questions. I'd love to answer them. I hope that you will keep up with me and that you will tune in to my next episode when I am talking to Erica Tseng. She is an oriental medicine practitioner, and we're going to be talking about her own experiences and as, you know, with, with fertility, pregnancy, and postpartum, as well as oriental medicine. So I hope you will join us then. Mm -hmm.